Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he, was going, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. <coughs> they, they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. For the Gospel of the Lord, we say thank you. Dear Lord, I pray that your beloved people will be blessed as we look closer at your word this morning. Amen. Please be seated. I love Luke's gospel. To me, that's, that's the bee's knees. I love it. Not only because his Greek is so smooth, it's just beautiful as it was, but because of his close attention to detail and the way he repeats keywords to open our eyes and ears to what is happening. And what it reveals about Jesus as he interacts with people. Thank you. So let's have a look at some of those key words and the terms in this passage and how they are linked to the concept of seeing. Firstly, Luke states that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he knows the cross awaits him. This is after the beginning of the travel narrative when Jesus turns his face to Jerusalem. And the, in the, rest of, the rest of Luke's gospel is all about Jesus going to Jerusalem with his crucifixion on his mind. So whatever he does on this journey will help us to see who he is and what he is like and what the kingdom he will establish might look like. Secondly, Thank you. Secondly, Luke tells us that Jesus was travelling along the middle space or boundary between the Jews and the Samaritans. <laughs> we, like the people in Luke's time, would be able to picture this village. Can you imagine these <laughs> arch enemies living in such close proximity? Oh. It would have been bristling with tensions and hatred between the two. Thirdly, Luke explains that ten lepers were waiting for him and implied that when they saw him, they went out to meet him and shouted out for his mercy. Now it's easy for us to condemn nine of these men because we've read the end of the story. But that's unfair. They obviously had a great deal of faith in Jesus or else they would not have risked their lives by coming near the village. 
Leprosy was even much more contagious than COVID. If they had been seen by the villagers, whether they were Jews or Samaritans, they would have been abused until they were chased away or even killed by rocks being thrown at them. So sensibly, they kept their distance. They called out to Jesus in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now that term Master in Luke's Gospel is only ever used by the disciples, except for this one story. So he's telling us something about these men. They did believe, they had heard the news, and they were putting their trust in Jesus. And when they asked him to have pity on them, this is not just asking him to feel sorry for them. It was much deeper than that. For as Jews, they had been taught that their suffering was inflicted on them by God as punishment for their sins. The greater the sin, the greater the punishment. The greater the suffering. So logically, there was no point in asking God to heal them because God, from their perspective, had given them the disease. But in desperation, they were turning to Jesus hoping beyond hope that he would heal them and therefore cleanse them from their sins. And when Jesus saw them, he immediately healed them. And then he went a step further, telling them to show themselves to the priests as they had to prove to them that they were clean and therefore safe to return to the community. Not only that they were safe, but they were keeping the community safe. Probably the first social distancing <laughs> plan ever considered. But when they did that and the priest said, yes, you are clean, you can go back into the village or the town. This was giving them their lives back. They could be back with their families. Life could somehow get back to some sort of normal. And they trusted him enough to put their lives at risk by going into the village to the priests. Even to take a step towards that before they could notice that they were being healed. What a step of faith that was. We don't know when they realised that they were healed. Whether they noticed it individually or the whole group went berserk with joy, which is often the way it's uh, presented to people. But we do know that one man saw, he really saw that he was healed. And his response was to stop, turn back and praise God with a loud voice. <laughs> you can see the, the pattern coming out here. In doing so, he really saw who Jesus was. And we know that because he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then with that wonderful throwaway line, Luke tells us, well, and this man was a Samaritan. Jesus' response affirmed that the other nine were cleansed, both of leprosy and their sins. But they who were Jews failed to return, failed to see who Jesus was, and failed to give thanks and praise to God. 
which was the right response for what they had received. Yes, they received cleansing, but Jesus told the Samaritan that his faith had made him well. A Greek word that's better translated as healed or saved or whole. There was more at stake than mere healing in this. And this connects very powerfully with the key message in Luke's Gospel. I think there are four truths in this story that Luke would like us to consider because they would bless us in our work, walk with the Lord. I'll just list them and I'll leave them for you to ponder later. Firstly, be encouraged by Jesus' care for the marginalised and powerless, no matter what your nationality might be. Secondly, know that the right response to the answers to prayer and help given by God in Christ is faithful recognition and gratitude. Thirdly, know that faith is not just believing, but also seeing. So often, Jesus told his followers, those who have eyes to see, let them see. And he was talking about both their physical eyes and their spiritual eyes. And finally, realise that how we see God, ourselves and the future, dramatically shapes our outlook and our behaviour. I'm going to leave you with this piece of wisdom that I discovered. The range of what we think and do is limited by what we fail to notice. And because we fail to notice that we fail to notice, there is little we can do to change until we notice how failing to notice shapes our thoughts and deeds. Isn't that priceless? <laughs> and that turned up when I was Googling illustrations for today for this passage. This turned up. I thought, I have to share that with you. That's absolutely priceless. So I do pray that you will ponder some of those points and that your eyes will be open and you will see the beauty and the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>